I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. Hello there and welcome to the Irish Examiner's Allianz League Review. Brought to you by Allianz, sponsors of the GA and Allianz Leagues, for 27 years. And on today's programme, we have an exclusive interview with Cork GA chairperson Tracy Kennedy. We hear the thoughts of Cork football manager Ronan McCarthy on their victory against Tipperary and the battle for survival in Division 2 of the Allianz League. Plus, Mike Quirk joins us to discuss coaching do's and don'ts after an Ulster Colleges game managed to produce just three scores after an hour of football. Now it's been a challenging few months for Cork GAA on and off the field. Cork chairperson Tracy Kennedy joined Irish Examiner Sports editor Tony Lean in our Irish Examiner studio to discuss the past, present and future for the county teams. Tracy Kennedy, I I know Annus Horribilis is the Latin for an awful year. I'm not sure what the equivalent for six months is, but right back to last summer, um, to the controversy over the Liam Miller, it has been, by any yardstick, an incredibly difficult month or an incredibly difficult period for Cork GAA. Um, you're you're the lady. You're the person in the firing line. How traumatic, genuinely, has it been, and has it actually affected you in a personal way? All this trouble. Well, it's certainly been very difficult at times, Tony. There's no point in saying otherwise. And you refer back to the controversy about the Liam Miller game, and certainly at the time that the controversy erupted, we'll say that was a, a very stressful period, mainly because. I suppose I felt the right thing to do was for Cork to host the match and yet there were restrictions on that, you know, around the Jays' rules and so on. But despite the difficulty of the controversy that happened at the time, when the event did actually go ahead, it was such a very positive thing. And I suppose we can never lose sight of the fact that there was a terrible tragedy at the heart of that Liam Miller thing and maybe that puts the whole thing in perspective. Mm. So while I might have had three days or a week of stress around that game, mm. hosting it in Cork did some good for a family mm. that will probably never get over their loss. So that gives us a bit of perspective as well. No, that's not to say these things aren't difficult at a particular time and there have been other difficulties in the time since then. I think the fact that Cartier is in transition at the moment also probably adds to the difficulty. Do you think that gets lost a bit? Um, I don't know, does it? To me, it's probably at the heart of, of what we're going through in terms of difficulties. Anytime you see major change, whether it's political around the world and history and so on, where, wherever there's major change, there's going to be, I suppose, disruption. You know, even 
you know, go back to our own history here in Ireland, you mm. know, if you look at political history, wherever there's major change, there's going to be disruption. I think that that's some of what's happening here as mm. well. We're in a time of huge transition, huge administrative change, societal change. You know, even the fact that there is a female chairperson of the board is, is a big change. So all of those things, I suppose, are bound to bring some level of instability as well. Mm. I mean, you as has been well publicized and you've spoken about it yourself you dealt with your own personal health issues in the past i know that's a completely different thing um but i suppose did it offer you some perspective almost in the current difficulties in terms of well however bad this may feel now i remember a time when yeah and i suppose there's probably very little that can be worse than hearing that you've cancer so that certainly does put things in perspective the only thing worse than that is hearing that someone belonged to you has cancer and i suppose i've had both of those experiences over the last number of years but you know it's it's like anything else while my experience at that time was pretty horrible it's in the past now and thankfully it's something i've been able to move on from and I suppose my motto at the time and always is this too will pass. And I try to apply that to everything. So it's not always easy. But we have to remember that good times and bad times will pass. Times will change. That doesn't make it easier at the time you're in a crisis. Mm -hmm. And there's no point in saying that the current crisis that we're going through in Cork hasn't had a personal effect on me because obviously it has. It's, It's very stressful. I love Cork GA. That's why I'm involved in it. It takes up every free minute of my life and some of the not free minutes as well and I really love Cork GA and I want Cork to be successful so obviously on a personal level these are difficult times for me as well when things are not going well for Mm. Cork. What have you learned about yourself uh, over the last number of months I mean I watched you and listened to you at convention and I felt you gave some hostages to fortune I think you 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 produced figures um which I suppose have, well, depending, we're still waiting for a final figure, but it looks as they were going to be higher than that. You did give a guarantee also that this would not affect the clubs. This crop or this park equipped debt would not affect the day-to-day running of Cork GA. Do you still stand over that? Well, I suppose in terms of financial impact, which is, is what a lot of people are concerned about, and I know there's been talk maybe of and, and worries, I suppose, from clubs that they may have to contribute in some way financially to the stadium project and so on. But, you know, we have said that clubs will not be levied in relation to the stadium project, and that is still our plan. I mean, I'm from a club too, and, you know, if I had to go down to my club and say, lads, you know, you're going to have to, to pay a levy here, I know what the response would be mm. because they've got so many other things to do. So there are no plans for us to levy clubs in terms of, of situations say where figures I gave at, at convention like those figures are, are actual figures you know I didn't pull them out of my head um, I'm not a financial person myself if I was making the same statement today I would be talking about a 90.1 million figure which is actually what was in the accounts the, mm. the 86.5 was cost of construction as I have learned since um, I'm learning every day in this game I can tell you 90.1 was the figure that was in our accounts and I suppose as we've seen recently and as Michael O'Flynn explained to County Board last week that's not a million miles from where the final figure will be and that final figure includes a number of outstanding items plus the uh, full replacement of a pitch has been factored Mm. into that. That's the 95.8 million figure. Yeah um, but I suppose these are difficult situations to be in. That convention situation was a particularly difficult situation Mm. because there was a very tight time frame between the figures put out in the media in terms of the 110 million figure and and 
the county convention, which was, I think... Uh, 24 yeah, hours yeah, later, yeah. I think. So, yeah. like, you're in a very pressurised situation. And I think, you know, I try to learn from all of these situations. It's easy to look back and say, I might have done this differently or that differently. But at that moment, I was in that situation mm. and I had to take that action. Um, I didn't say anything that I thought was wrong. I, I spoke to our auditors. I checked with as many people as I could. And, you know, the figure is not wrong. It's just maybe not the final figure mm. for the cast of the stadium. But, yeah, you're, you're under pressure. And, you know, that's the situation you have to face at that time. In this country, Tracy, we've had we've had experience of governments finding new ways to actually not just tax people, but to actually describe how they're taxing people. I know you're saying there won't be a levy, but is there a danger that there may be some contribution or some incentivized program where the club would be invited to give a 10-year loan of 20,000 to the county board or something of that ilk? There currently isn't any plan for mm. that, Tony, but I suppose I can't rule out what any future body mm. might decide. You know, I'm only going to be here for another, you know, year and a half or so. I can't rule out what, what other kinds of fundraising might be planned generally for Cork. But at this moment in time, we don't intend to ask clubs to contribute financially towards mm. the cost of the stadium. There had been originally a plan which was shelved at some stage during the process where there would be club tickets um, for sale, so kind of a, a season ticket type thing for, for the stadium where clubs might have been asked to sell those but not demanded to or anything like that. No, that hasn't materialised. And at this moment in time, there's no plan uh, for anything of the type that you're suggesting. Mm. But as I say, I, c I can't rule out what future people may look at. But I'm sure anything like that would have to be done in consultation with clubs anyway. I mean, let's face it, the clubs are the county board. Yeah. And, you know, clubs have strong voices at county board and nothing can be done that they don't accede to. Speaking of clubs and delegates having strong voices at county board meetings, while the chair person of the, of any county board is gender neutral i mean the fact is you are a woman has it spared you in any way from some of the robust comment that delegates tend to visit upon the chairperson of a county board? Well, if I'm being, I've been spared because I'm a woman, I'm glad I'm not a man, that's for sure. Um, but look, I find generally county board delegates are very respectful, you know, not just to me. I mean, I've been going to the board for a long time mm. and I've, I've been there both as a delegate and as an officer through quite a number of chairpersons. And generally, they're very respectful. They may be angry at times. I've been an angry delegate myself as well, so I understand that. But I generally find them respectful. Um, I'm not sure if being female has an impact or not in that area. Like, they're still tough with me. Mm -hmm. They still hold me to account. And I don't think they think, oh, we better ease off here now. You know, mm -hmm. she's a woman. I don't think that's a factor. Clubs go to county board to defend the interest of their own clubs. And what's best for Cork GA as well. And they're entitled to express their opinions. I want them to do that. I would love to have more opinions expressed at county board meetings. You've been to them yourself. And, you know, there tend to be, you know, people who speak often. The same speakers, um, yeah. And I would love to see actually more people speaking. I'd love to see our few female delegates who are there speaking more as well. It's not an easy place to do that. I, I know from being a delegate myself, I used to sit up at the front so I wouldn't have to see all the crowd of people <laughs> that were there. It was easier to speak if you didn't realise there were so many people behind you. So, no, I mean, to me, if we want a really well-functioning county board then we have to have delegates who are going to hold the top table to account and who are also very much in tune with the views of their clubs. 
mm. and who bring those views and voices to the county board meetings because you know sometimes it's all about the executive you know mm. and when people talk about county board they usually mean me and the other officers but county board is the clubs yeah. and it is where they get to express their, their views I'm going to quote another thing you said at convention um, which and I'm paraphrasing this time which was Cork GA gets a disproportionately bad rap and while you're at fault for some of it yourselves you feel that some of it is maybe a little unfair given the, the the number of months that you have do you understand why there is such a level of exasperation with Cork GA yeah I don't think I think I would say that it's unfair either you know I suppose we're Cork GA is under the spotlight because we're the biggest county in Ireland there are expectations of us we have been extremely successful in the past but also we have a hugely passionate GA public here in Cork and I can, like, I, I'm a fan as well. <laughs> Do you know, at yeah. the end of the day, I'm a Cartier fan as well as, as everything else. And I can understand people's frustration. And what fascinates me is how personally people in Cork take the GA. You know, they're happy when Cork do well. It, they're hugely elated when Cork do well, but they're disappointed and they're hurt when Cork does badly. Mm. And they feel that they have been at the butt of ridicule in recent times because of actions outside their control so of course they're frustrated of course they're hurt and of course they're talking about that and of course they want to discuss it in the media and they want to hear their media talking about it because it is important to them so while I find it difficult at times when there's a lot of negative um, I suppose commentary around Cork at the same time I fully understand where people are coming from on that um, I would like the story about Cork to be more positive, mm. but we have to work to make that happen as well. Mm. You know, and I did say that we do have to take responsibility for drawing some of these things on ourselves because we don't always do things, mm. I suppose, maybe in a way that's open or maybe easy for people to understand. And if we were able to do that, we might draw less negative criticism on ourselves. Mm. But really, Cork people are so, so passionate about the GA. They can't help I suppose, feeling hurt when it doesn't do well. You're a teacher um, in Carrigaline, and I'm asking you now, if Cork GA was a student and they had just completed uh, the pre-leaving cert, how would you be grading your own performance as we head into March? Mine or Cork's? Cork GA's. Um, well, I suppose I'd be inclined to say a mixed set of results would probably be my comment if I was writing at the end of the report. But I suppose we're all about formative assessment now at school and, you know, giving commentary that can help people to improve uh, rather than sort of saying, well, here's where you are and you're not going to move from there. Um, I think, look, in some ways we're doing very well. And I, that, that can get forgotten. And I understand it can get forgotten. But like there are some positives. Our hurlers are doing well in the last couple of years compared to the time before that. They're not doing as well as we'd like them to be doing, of course, because we think Cork should be winning all Ireland's every year. We, we can't help that. That's Corkness, lads. That's Corkness for you. Um, so we're disappointed when that doesn't happen. It's, you know, not all doom and gloom in football either. Like we have a, a pretty new look under 20 management in there with some very recent former Cork players. That's something I love to see happening. The likes of Colmoni and Michal Cronin involved I think that that's the way I want to go in the future I think that's the way we all want to go in the future we're delighted that they're willing to get involved even at a time maybe when car football isn't going well our minor football team are a good team they've got good management our GDAs our coaching we don't have enough of them I, I put my hands up on that but they're doing great work in fact I'd actually argue with you 
not that you, I'm sure you wouldn't argue back with me, that the Cork minor football teams in the last couple of years have been actually really good teams. And if we weren't actually stuck in the old provincial system, we could have seen an awful lot more of those Cork minor teams in Crow Park. That's another issue. Just one one point I just before we get, get back onto the field, so to speak. Um, another interesting county board meeting, shall we say, this week and quite a lot of passionate comment um, from people... I got a sense reading it, Tracy, the criticism of Peter McKenna, uh, the Crow Park Stadium manager particularly, that there was almost a sense of vitriol, um, almost a sense of payback, you know, for, for what Peter McKenna is supposed to have inflicted on Cork GA in some of the commentary. I mean, given that Cork GA will be working with Crow Park and will be working with P- Peter McKenna, the wisdom of that might have to be questioned. Well... I'm not here to defend anybody who's well capable of defending themselves. You know, I mean, Peter made comments, you know, he, he did interviews and he has to take responsibility for that. That That's fine. That That's his, you know, area. If our delegates certainly felt hurt by it and they are entitled to express those views. At the same time, as you say, Peter is probably the best person to be involved with running our stadium at the moment from the point of view of his experience with Croke Park. Um, he has done a very good job since he has been involved with the stadium and we are very glad to have him involved. Like, I am very glad to have the support of Croke Park in the running of the stadium. Mm. I think the the different people who are involved and in the stadium board from Croke Park bring a huge amount to the project they just have so much experience you Mm. know they've been running a massive stadium very very well for a lot of time and peter is one of those people and as i say we're we're glad to have him on board but you know i can't blame delegates at the same time Mm. for feeling hurt and upset by what you know what what peter said particularly when the figure which michael o'flynn and tom gray came to was significantly less Mm. than the figure that that was put out you mentioned um Michael O'Flynn there and he made reference again to that land bank that the county board has on the north side of the city is that still I remember Geraldine and myself speaking about that a year or two ago is that still an ace in the hole so to speak for Cork GA in terms of extricating itself from this difficulty well the county board uh, made a decision some time ago that the lands at Kilbarry would be used um, it, to to offset the cost of the stadium, you know that that was always planned and and always agreed. So they are still there and they are a significant asset to us. And again, we're very lucky to have people like Michael O'Flynn on the board of the stadium, mm-hmm. who can advise as to the best use of those lands. Mm-hmm. And the asset, of course, given the current economic and property uh, environment, is actually probably going to only increase. You would hope if you get a small bit of luck that you've been looking for in terms of its value. Yeah, I mean, again, it, there are different views as to, to value, of course, and all of these things. But, you know, we have people like Michael who are there to advise. And I'm absolutely confident that that land will be put to the best possible use for the benefit of the stadium. OK, I don't want to get replay the whole Cork football plan again, Tracy. Um, and I do think that there's been quite an amount of unfair comment about that report certainly in relation to the current performance of the senior footballers I think they're very much two different um, two different things but one of the key elements is club competition and I happen to believe that the club competition structure in Cork is nowhere near 
as good as it could be. I think it's unwieldy. I think the county league structure is not taken as seriously as should be. And I and this is only a personal opinion. I think there's far too many senior clubs, certainly in the in the football competition. You have a forum on the 9th of March. And I think, and I presume you're hoping, that a hell of a lot of those players around Cork who complain about their lot and complain about the structures... I presume you're saying this is their opportunity now to get their spake in and say what what form Cork GA club competition should be taking. Yeah, and I would really hope that the players in our clubs take the opportunity to come into that forum. It will be a meaningful one. We do want to hear their voices. So we've asked every club to send two people per affiliation. So you, if, you, if you're a dual club, you get to send two for football and two for hurling. And one of each of those two must be a player that's mm-hmm. what we've asked for a current player the second one can be a player if they want it can be an officer or a mentor but we do want at least one player per affiliation from every club in the county and I suppose the idea would be that those players would consult with the rest of their their teammates and so on and we did see in the submissions to the football plan which you know were hugely focused on their own competition that quite a number of players and groups of players actually did submit excellent ideas and let's face it they are the people who are most impacted Mm. by our competitions so we want to hear the voices of all stakeholders we had discussion at at the most recent county board meeting we've asked for submissions anyone can send us in a submission Mm. and they will all be looked at and examined but we really do want to hear the voices of the players and how soon Tracy can you actually hope to turn those views into a meaningful package of action in terms of the competition? Well, it has to happen as early as possible. No, I suppose we had initially talked about knowing, we'll say, where we were going for 2020 before we started meaningful competition in 2019, before we started championships mm. in 2019. That may still happen. You know, we really need to do this in a very short time frame because clubs need to know where they're going. Like, it seems fairly obvious to me, and no, I'm keeping a very open mind at this point, but all the views coming. I mean, everyone I hear from is telling me we must bring back relegation. So it would seem that that's going to happen. Um, you mean in championship or league? In championship, mm. in championship. Now, possibly a different way of structuring leagues as well, but in championship, everyone seems to want relegation. So like, clubs need to know that that's something that's going to be coming down the track. So we're hoping to turn around as soon as we can, but it's a massive job, Tony, and I suppose there's no point in pretending this is going to be an easy thing. What we're trying to come up with here is the best possible championship and league structure for players within the constraints that are there like we have to take into account the inter-county season is there it's a reality those dates are there the Munster Championship dates are there at the end of the year so what can we come up with that's going to give players more regular meaningful games and greater certainty about when they're playing those seem to be the things they want but if it was easy <laughs> to do that yes. we'd certainly have come up with it by now and Cork is a very unique and has a has a very unique set of circumstances in terms of not just the jewel but the number of clubs and the size of the county it really has like it's other counties you know are baffled when we try to explain to them you know what we are dealing with in terms of numbers and so on but at the same time i think we can do better than we have done so far so would you actually be hoping that if you can get this turned around that you are talking about the 2020 league and championships? Oh, we're definitely talking about 2020. Right. This, this is for 2020. Okay. Um, everything, whatever we come up with has to be ready to go for the 2020 season. I have a couple of quick fire ones to finish with. These shouldn't take too long, but they're just... You, um, you did that press conference um, to launch the Cork football plan 
and at that you were hoping to advertise you know some of the positions have you an update on that for us yeah we're at sort of tweaking stage in terms of job specs for the first two appointments the project coordinator is obviously the key appointment because that person will drive the plan mm. so there doesn't seem much point in putting anything else in place until that person is there because they're they are the person who is going to drive the whole thing so that we, we have a, a job spec drafted we're just waiting um to to check through that and make sure we're not getting ourselves into any trouble or anything and that will be advertised very soon I'd be hopeful within the next two weeks max I'm, I'm trying to push on it a bit faster than that and the other one which is is coming in soon is the high performance director slightly different position that's a very specialised role and again we're working with um, if quite a few people around who have experience in that area to get the job spec right for that one as well but those two will be advertised very soon and I suppose that's the start of the plan coming into action and I suppose it is important. It is a five-year plan. Mm. We're not going to fix Cork football overnight. Okay. Um, but getting those appointments in place will help us then to roll on the rest of it. But I still have Conor Coonan, Brian Cutford and Graham Canty on my tail, keeping an eye on us, making sure that we do implement what's in the plan. Question number two on the cover of that five-year football plan was one Billy Morgan. And he's been in the headlines again in the last week or two, obviously guiding UCC to a Sigerson Cup success. I'm not suggesting he should be involved with the senior setup, but I think those who argue that there must be some type of place for a Billy Morgan in a five-year plan for Cork football, you, you, it'd be hard to disagree with them. It would be impossible to disagree with them. I mean, Billy is an extraordinary man you know who has given extraordinary service to Cork and has achieved absolutely extraordinarily you know in terms of his own personal career as a player what he did as a manager and what he's doing now with UCC so get him in there in some capacity I'm really really hoping to I mean when you look at the five-year plan there are things there around coach mentoring and so on like what Billy has to offer to young coaches and even to coaches at development squad level and at intercounty level would be absolutely phenomenal. I certainly hope there will be a role for Billy Morgan and I hope he'll be willing to help us out. I know he'll be willing to help mm. us out as, as time goes on. But yeah, why would we not have, have Billy Morgan involved in some way in this plan? There's another um, very important quality in any administrative function called institutional memory, which is essentially the experience accumulated. And you've lost a bit of it. Um, Frank Murphy he was a name that people were trotting off their tongues for many years wondering when he was going to retire maybe his experience was missed around the place maybe over the last 20 is is he actually gone now Tracy from Cork G is he still going to be involved in some capacity is he on is he, is he on the stadium committee still he is currently a member of the board of the stadium um, and, and will be for a certain period of time as, as laid out in the constitution of that company. I mean, he's he's also hugely involved with his own club. You know, I mean, Rock, yeah, yeah, Frank is always going to be a GA man, mm. but he doesn't have any official role with Cork at this point. The stadium, it looks very much, and obviously this is something that's that's taking place, not not all within your control the use of Parky Cueve, I'm saying, going forward. I mean, there's a financial imperative there. That's obvious for everybody to see. The door has been opened by Crow Park at national level. Somebody said to me the other day, um, the idea of Leinster and Munster in the Pro 14 on next Stephen's day at Parky Cueve in Cork. That seems like a really good good idea from a number of uh, of aspects 
Would you agree? Well, I suppose I think we have an amazing stadium. Now, mostly when I think of it at the moment, I just get a pain in the head and I find it hard to look at it at the moment with anything but, you know, rage. But it is a beautiful, wonderful stadium and I certainly am all for showcasing it. You know, wh- why would we not? It's it's a wonderful stadium. However, any use of the stadium, apart from GA use, is going to have to follow a particular policy laid down by Central Council. There are conditions attached there and so on. But look, I'm open. I mean, certainly me personally, Tracy Kennedy, I'm open to the stadium being used for fantastic occasions such as the one that you describe. I think here in Cork we have such... A passion for sport, all sports, you know, and I think I again that was a lesson I learned. If you like, I didn't maybe need to learn it, but I did from the Liam Miller game as well. Do you know how proud Cork people were, even people who had nothing to do with the GA, you know, to be able to play this match in the stadium mm. in Cork, you know. So look, if if something comes along that fits the criteria and that's acceptable to Central Council, I'm certainly all for it. Do you think, given all the difficulties that there have been? or has been, I should say, do you think that a little bit of success now on the field actually would be helpful just in terms of turning people's attention back to the things that they should be chatting about in pubs and and, and at matches? And that's Munster Championship and minor teams coming up and you know, dual talents coming through the county, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Well, success is always nice. I think, you know, because again, Cork GA fans are so successful, are so, sorry, passionate, they love to see Cork successful. And one of the high points they've had in very recent times, there haven't been many, but uh, was the Hearty Cup um, final. That yeah. day, like with those four Cork teams, 7,000 7, people. people, a brilliant atmosphere, you know, celebrating all that's good about the GA and of course a final that Cork couldn't lose <laughs> as, a, as an added bonus but you know success certainly would help all of us I suppose even you know what am I involved for I'm involved to try and see Cork be as successful as possible I would love Cork to win in All-Ireland in, in either code you know during my time but if, if that doesn't happen I'd like to see them at least moving closer to it mm. Finally you, you, you we'll start we'll go back to the county board you look at Joe Blake the PRO you look at Tracy Kennedy, the chair. You look at Kevin O'Donovan. I know that there's another new officer, at least one, isn't there, That I'm f- whose name I'm forgetting at the moment. In terms of a new era and a new direction, would you still hope that that's actually possible as we move you know, through 2019 and that you can put the last six months very much behind you? I do hope that that's still possible. I think we have a lot of open minds around our table. We have a lot of people with experience, maybe who mightn't have been hugely involved in county board before now, but have great GA experience. And then we have other very experienced people, excellent people. I have have brilliant people really on my team this year. So I hope that we can move on from the difficulties. But I do appreciate, as I said earlier, I suppose we are in a period of transition and change. It might be that the people who come after me are the people who benefit, you know, and, and have an easier time. But that's okay too. We're moving into a different era for Cartier. I fervently hope that's true. I think it is. And I fervently hope it is. And our thanks to Tony Lean and Tracy Kennedy. Now staying with Cork and now let's hear from football manager Rona McCarthy after their badly needed win over Tipperary on Saturday night. Stephen Barry was in Simple Stadium for the Irish Examiner and afterwards Ronan explained about how much was riding on the game and how that affected Cork's performance. Uh, you know, there was a massive, um, an awful lot riding on the result and um, look, uh, you know, we I thought we played some really good football in the second half. Obviously, you know, pulled away 
and then I suppose when we saw the finishing post small bit we you know look we, we probably fell back and created some problems for ourselves but maybe that's to be expected with the nature of the game and, and what was riding on it so look delighted to get the result and I suppose happy that there were some real elements of positive play there out there um, you know um, and but there's a lot more in them look lads and, and I suppose that's the message we'll give to them um, we'll excuse the a bit of hesitancy tonight at the end, you know, when we were hanging on a bit, but um, you know, there's a lot more in them, and hopefully, we'll see it in a couple of weeks' time again. In terms of how the team set up, I know Tipper quite defensive early on, you seem to have a lot of kind of changes made. I suppose to react to that, what did you do in terms of shape? Well, I suppose look, we won the toss, so we were playing with the wind, and um, sort of what we did was we tried to. Um, we tried to push Paul Kerrigan up on there, sweep around Brian Fox, um, you know, look, and we got some joy out of it. But teams, are, there's so much work. Teams do so much work now on their kickouts and so on. Look, they're going to get the ball off at times. And then I suppose the other issue was look, the Connor Tierney caused us trouble um, when they did get it forward. So look, I, I, I thought we, look, we rectified that quickly enough. There, yeah. yeah, what's that? You made a swap there. We put Connor Tierney back in him, and yeah. and um, you know Connor did well. And I look, obviously Kevin Hive played closer to Connor as well. So look, we just tried to adjust it to. But look, you know, in the end of the day, this team is about about going forward, attacking. I think that's you know what's in their DNA. And um, um, look, while that worked, you know, we're best, we're best when we're going forward, attacking at pace and with support running and so on, you know. Now, first of all, Stephen, could this long awaited win be a turning point for Cork? Well, they produced a reaction. I mean, they had to produce a reaction, but it was just huge for them not to lose the game, really, having effectively won it so many times during the match. They'd seven points up after 50 minutes, back to three. Rory Dean's goal should have sealed it going into the last three minutes of the game but still they allowed Tipperary back into it for that and needed that final goal line stand and it was a nervy finish it was poor game management it was poor decision making that led to that and Ronan McCarthy said that himself and it reflected what he was even saying before the match about the hesitancy about the lack of confidence that had fed into the underperformance we've seen from Cork so far this campaign so I mean the result couldn't but help the team and be a psychological milestone for the team in terms of starting on the road towards turning things around and getting out of the rut that they're so clearly in but in terms of the performance I mean they'll need a huge improvement if they're to save their status as a Division 2 team they're still bottom of the table they're still staring into the abyss as it were and You'd have to put it in the context of Tipperary were very poor on the night. They were very overly cautious, really, in terms of pulling back so many men behind the ball. They invited Cork to set the terms of the game, really. Cork were able to push up their sweeper an awful lot. They were able to kick points over the blanket defence that was there. They were able to hold onto the ball for minutes at an end to try and pull Tipperary out before striking for points. So Donegal or Armagh aren't going to allow them to dictate games like that. So the improvement is still needed. You couldn't call it a turning point, but it could be a very tentative start of something better. But that remains to be seen. And what do you think Cork did differently on Saturday night? Cork were more attacking than they've shown previously this league campaign, but it was more in reaction to how 
Tipperary set up than any big change of mindset really. I mean they'd wear foreigner running in and out of the field almost every break of play for a few minutes early on when they saw how Tipperary had set up and they swapped Connor Dennehy back onto Connor Sweeney who caused a few early problems for Kevin Flahive and that gave them a bit of a platform to build from in terms of pushing up their kind of sweepers or loose players pushing up Paul Carrigan onto Brian Fox on Tipperary kickouts to kind of press up the wing backs and it had an effect on penning Tipperary in for a long period you just side of half time I mean there was a 22 minute period where Tipperary were outscored by 7 points to none there so certainly there were positives there were positives in the two man full forward line at times had a good effect Michael Hurley and Mark Collins they Luke Connolly at centre forward did a good job of kind of dictating play with his good range of passing and he invited some of the wing backs onto the ball some of the power runners like Ian Maguire, Rory Dean to kind of punch holes and it was Dean who ultimately got the goal set up by Sean Powter but I mean Powter came off the bench and Cork undoubtedly had a much better bench but still in that final 25 minutes when the teams were emptying their benches Cork only scored 1-1 there so certainly they need to see a better return when they are allowed to dictate the game and dominate the game now I must say from listening to that audio earlier Ronan sounded a very relieved man afterwards this was a particular boost to him after some fierce criticism during the week definitely like we read about a couple of delegates standing up at the Cork County board meeting last week and calling out his leadership or his management as not fit for purpose and that's not the view of the county board executive who are obviously backing their man and this win will be a boost to him, but also, I suppose, the manner in which his role in it was quite evident in terms of the swaps he made having an effect in terms of Cork tactically getting the better of Tipperary and having the likes of Sean Powder on the bench to introduce, which was um, a greater depth and impact than Tipperary were able to muster from their bench. And... I suppose this game will resonate beyond the league. It's a, These are likely Munster semi-finalists. It's a rerun of last year's Munster semi-final, which was Cork's last competitive win. So this will have an effect com- carried into the Championship too. But to avoid the negative feeling that's been around Cork football carrying on, he does need to engineer a way to avoid relegation and to keep getting those reactions from players and keep that improvement going now a quick mention of the sponsors of our podcast Allianz Insurance support people in communities throughout Ireland and have sponsored the Allianz Leagues and Allianz Coming to Munskull for over 27 years go to Allianz.ie today for a home motor or pet quote Allianz Okay, now last week, uh, an under-15 and a half schools game between St. Pat's of Mahara and IBCBS from Newry hit the headlines on social media for all the wrong reasons. The game finished two points to one. Three points scored after 60-odd minutes of play. Uh, Mike Quirk joins us now on the uh, uh, Allianz League podcast. Um, Mike, are you surprised to be seeing this sort of thing in this day and age? Um, probably, probably not overly surprised, but certainly disappointed by it. You know, I mean, um, I suppose you could look at, you know, where do these people kind of get 
get the ideas to play like this and you look at the kind of the success I suppose if you call it that that Fermanagh are having where they're becoming really relevant under under Gallagher by playing this kind of football and look sport and, and any kind of invasion game is about imitating the teams that are doing well and, and, and like to, to put 15 guys behind the ball uh, at an under 15 level I just think is is uh, is just reprehensible stuff I, I, I can't understand that any coach could look over at that and, and think that this is a good idea and that this is a way that my players are really going to enjoy and, and develop a draw for the game by, by, by basically turning into robots who have no decisions to make I, you know I, like those two teams, like and I've made the point. I don't think that that they're you know particularly relevant to the whole kind of broader point of 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 managers or coaches who feel the need to to, to put players into such kind of uh, defensive formations at those age groups. I, I just think is 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 a completely you know alien thing to what coaching should be about. Okay, you've made some very good points in your column, which appears in Tuesday's Irish Examiner. Just in terms of coaching, do you think that using these kind of structures is almost a, a get-out by some coaches for not actually coaching the requisite skills? Oh, 100%. It is, like, it, it's, it's, like, I, I, you know, like this whole idea about, you know, we're coaching to a system and it's, a, it's about being tactically aware and tactically astute. I mean, there's a lot of that is just bluster and, and it's just nonsense. And uh, I think the you know, coaches that are able to actually improve players are, are, are the ones that, that you... And they're the hardest to find. And it's always, it's always that age-old thing about how do, you, how do you know who's a good coach? And the only the only kind of metric that we have is is the results of games, which is obviously not a reliable indicator of how good or bad a coach is. Um, but I, I just think if, if... Especially at those age groups that we're talking about, maybe the children and youth level, uh, if, if we're talking about improving people individually, first of all, and, and teach them how to be better one-on-one defenders, teach them about... Their their footwork and, and, and the way they should be tackling and what they should be looking at and where they're going. Uh, I, I think that's much more valuable for 13, 14, 15-year-old kids as opposed to, okay, lads, let's everybody run back behind the ball and let's just stand there and not even try and engage in opposition. It's just lazy. Uh, it, it, it might think, you know, for some coaches that they're being tactically, you know, really nuanced. It's not. It's just it's just a, a, an excuse for, for doing a poor job, really. In terms of holding these coaches to account, is the onus on the players, the parents, the clubs, the schools? I think a combination of all those, of all those, you know, stakeholders. Really, I mean, at schools level, you know, it's very difficult for for young kids to to maybe stand up to somebody, you know, in a position of authority over a team, and 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 maybe you know be seen as as trying to dictate how they're playing. But I think there's no problem with parents. Know, contacting the school and saying, "Listen, lads, I'm not sure that this is the is the best way forward." I know you see, and you've got to be careful with that, obviously, because we all have been in situations where parents of players are, you know, lives are, are, you know, supporters are giving out about managers and they're cribbing about the where they're playing, and and that's that's something that's, you know, Fitzmaurice reference when he was getting the, the role from Kerry, that the letters and the abuse and stuff. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you know, something that's a little bit more constructive. And, and, and the challenge that I put for people is instead of just complaining about the way it's being done, I, I challenge people to go and get involved and, and, and see if you can actually volunteer and go and help out and get involved in the middle of it and, and, and try and help out that way as opposed to just being the one that's, that's, that's maybe bitching about it and giving out about it without, without doing something a little bit more constructive. But uh, I, I certainly think, you know, that, that at that level... Parents should be the ones that are that are certainly kind of talking to the school and saying that this mm. this isn't right. But back to my my opening point, Mike. Do you see cases like this in, in Kerry? No, I have not. Uh, 
I have not seen that. That that's the that's the you know that particular one was was the worst I've seen. Now to be fair, I haven't come across that. I mean, look at the you the school final uh, last Saturday. Um, that was another very good game after a replay between um, Sheffield College Killarney and and uh, and Pop of Scotland. Um, no, it's not. I, I just. I, it's not. I don't think it's very common. To be fair, Colm, I, I think these incidents are still uh, in the minority, and I think that's where they should stay. But it, it'd be it'd be great if people were actually just able to, to, to you know call it out for what it is and and, and say that it's not really something that we want in the game. And and a lot of it, it's not the like the players bear absolutely no blame in that instance. You know, I I think it's just totally down to to the person that's coaching or that's managing the team. And and again, not not specifically trying to vilify the person that's over that team. I, 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 the, the wider point is, if, if you're involved in coaching and you think that this is an acceptable way to go and set up a team and, and to, to have them play to represent you or your club or your school, I think people need to stand up and say, no, I, as a club or as a school, this is not what we want to be associated with. This is not the opportunity that the sport should be providing for the kids. And, and we'd like to do it a different way. And I, and I think that should be absolutely acceptable to do that. And, and obviously, Mike, the rule book as well, too, needs a bit of a, a relook and a retweak. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I, I've, I've made the point that I, I'm not sure that the, the new rules file, you know, we saw Tommy Welch obviously take advantage of the offensive mark. I think that's a big help. It's, a, it's something that incentivizes kicking, uh, and that's something that we want to see more of. But I still don't think that the rules, you know, really address the root cause of the kind of negative negative brand of football that that, that was an example of, I suppose, in that school game. And I and I, I, I just think the most obvious way to do it, um, and and it may be, I don't think it's overly drastic given given some of the changes that have been brought in. But if you if you really quickly introduce a rule where where all teams must must keep at least four players and they're attacking kind of. Know that, that you know past their attacking 65 at all times there has to be four attackers up there it's just very easy it's easy for referees to look up and count and make sure you've got four bodies up there which obviously means then there can only be 11 bodies behind the ball um, which like I know that mightn't seem like a massive change but I think if you're taking four bodies out of that half it just creates more space for teams to be able to try and exploit and, and find areas that they're able to go and attack so I think you're going to have to go down the line if you want to curtail the way right, of you know, for man, I bring everybody behind the ball, or, or or whatever teams want to want to play like that. I think if you if you bring in a rule that you can't bring everybody back there, lads, you can only have a maximum of eleven. Then you're going to have to have people that are going to you know trying to improve their actual defenders because they can't bring the whole house back on top of them. Okay, that's the negativity in football at the moment. Uh, huge positivity in the kingdom as we stand on this Monday, Mike. Uh, five games played in the Alliance National Football League, five wins. Did you see that coming? No, absolutely not. Uh, and I, and I, I, I wonder if there was many Kerry supporters that that, um, that saw that coming. No, I, I didn't think it was going to be maybe as as difficult as as some, but I certainly didn't see them getting off to the kind of red hot start that they had, given the whole you know transition of, of, of management and, and there's such a you know the massive influx of of new players and kind of regenerated players and stuff. So it's 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 been you know very encouraging and it's and it's got Kerry supporters very excited, obviously because of uh, not only because of the results, but because of those young guys and because of the way they're playing and because of the way they're grinding out kind of you know wins when they're when they're struggling maybe in up to the last quarter and they put on a bit of a surge and uh, and they go win games. So it's you know it's, it's very rosy, but uh, look at the same time everybody's very conscious that it's, you know we've just come into March and. You know, Dublin has long off the plane, and you know Mayo are in the same position with James Horn, where they're where they're relearning how to how to play under him. So, 
you know, I, I think the football has been been pretty good in general and across the league. And, and Kerry have have certainly typified the the, the I, I think the kind of attacking football that we've seen for a lot of it. And that's it for this week's podcast. Our thanks again to sponsors Allianz and to all our guests for joining us today. Thanks also to Larry Ryan, who edits and produces this podcast each and every week. To subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, just search for Examiner Sport, and don't forget to leave a rating and a review. We always welcome your feedback. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on YouTube, or find us on Twitter, Facebook, or at irishexaminer.com forward slash podcasts. We're back again, same time, same place next week. Hopefully, we'll have your company once more. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.